everyone. Welcome to Monty and Mickey. We are recording right now uh, our second of our three Christmas episodes. Uh, so today, before we get any further, uh, we're going to be talking about three Christmas classics. Uh, this is kind of the category that we're putting this episode into. So Miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life, and White Christmas. Uh, some of those movies that have been around for a while, to say it kindly a long time and uh they uh kind of just come up every year as far as what is on tv or what people like to watch in terms of their uh their their family traditions really so mickey how's it going fabulous i just watched the packer win with some other buddies and it's good 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 life is good so so mickey can you describe to our audience uh what is sitting on our our table right now? What what kind of what are you looking at? Because not you know this is a you know we're we're both uh, made we got faces made for radio so <laughs> uh, so what can you <laughs> can you can you explain what your what monstrosity of a of a Christmas uh, oh, thing are you looking about, at? Because I have a snow day New Belgium winter ale. Not not oh, that one. Oh, and that's the, not, and the, you're the other the other thing that you can. There's look. a beautiful little Christmas tree that has. There's ornaments on it. Um, you could almost. I say, believe there's a there's a theme going on, and I, I think I think. So if you could, since every one of them is the exact same as far as the, the theme, I think it's Batman oriented. I believe, I believe it's Batman. Am I so, wrong? So audience, if you could if you could just picture for a second what it would look like if uh, Batman puked on a, up on a tree, <laughs> on a Christmas tree. That's what you're looking at. And took so, a crap on it, and then you know. <laughs> This is this is the uh, this is what we're talking about today. Those Christmas and Christmas traditions, to a certain extent, and uh, so one of one of my family's traditions every year is going to Hallmark and picking out an ornament for uh, each one of our family. So every year, I actually looked at it and lined them up because I'm that you know organized or anal about it. Um, <laughs> wanted to have what you wanted to have since 2013, 2000, is it 2013, 2003? No, 2003 actually yeah, well, 2003 you got a lot more than since 2003. uh i've gotten at least one batman ornament from the hallmark keepsake collection so that's a uh, kind of a, a fun family tradition if you guys have any cool family tradition doesn't have to be geek related or you know nerd related or anything well, uh, it kind of should be though let us let us know if it's if it's nerd or geek related then that's bonus points and we might even talk about you on the if podcast it's all traditional and nice and sweet we'll listen to that too <laughs> um so so yeah so let's uh wait let's, no we're not done elaborating you had them laid out the last episode. You had them laid out on the table. No, it's impressive, man. I'm a collectible guy, so I want to talk about it. I mean, you you said your brother would, you know, you got to all pick out one that you like. Right. You told me that you your brother would just pick out one. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. You, <laughs> you yeah. just had a tractor beam pull you towards, I want that. And every year you went, no, I want that. I mean, you yeah. had a focus. That's impressive. Yeah, that's, Especially when you weren't that old when you started. That's, I don't even know if I've done something for that long. That's a but, guy who knows what he wants. That's yeah. that's impressive. So so slowly I've been building them up, and it's kind of it's gotten to the point where I can't just like put a couple on our main family Christmas tree. They're not I mean, on here either, <laughs> are they? No, there's one upstairs. Yeah, there's the one that I got this year upstairs is the um, the bat. It's from the Adam West Batman, and it's the Bat Boat. So it's him and Robin sitting oh, in the I'm Bat. Sure, it's a little so. different. But yeah, they're, they're they're decorative. They're elaborate. I mean, they're very detailed. I mean, 
They're cool. I mean, yeah, they uh, Hallmark uh, for for anybody who doesn't realize their ornaments. They they have like artists like very carefully and you design didn't pay these for things, them, so you can get whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, that's thanks, genius. mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in the news, some things that we've been seeing. Um, apparently, someone created a uh, cousin Eddie animatronic uh, decoration for outside of his uh, outside of his house. So. If you got that much time and money on your hands, I guess, and you're that big of a, you know, Christmas vacation yeah. fan. So, that's taking it too far, I think. Um Power Rangers is going to be in re- reboot. So, uh for anybody who's a Power Rangers fan, I was when I was younger. Um they redid a movie with the guy from or they they rebooted, I guess, from the guy, one of the guys from uh, Stranger Things, the main main guy that Hopper, right? No, not not oh, Hopper. Mike. No. Will no, the the guy that's. I'm gonna stop naming names now. I'm Steve, losing. not Steve. The guy that the guy that was in the 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 um, swimsuit, and he was the lifeguard. Doesn't oh, doesn't matter. Yeah. He oh, was he the was last one of the. Season, you mean yeah, the he was one of the he was one of the Power Rangers. The, the but, main evil guy from the last season. Yeah, um, but they're rebooting it. Apparently, it'll be set. Uh, the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Apparently, there's been a bunch of re-edits of that. So, um, we'll we'll uh have to see what that comes i i'm excited to kind of see that just because that was what the power rangers were to me well, um, things was pretty awesome the flash is going to get a 2022 uh i guess that that's actually uh you know gonna be happening now uh that the, they're not just killing off dc and everything that happened with the justice league uh the flash is a is gonna get a 2022 release date um there is gonna be a griswold spinoff that's not going to be uh, a movie. Uh, it's going to be a TV show on HBO Max. Um, Wait, based on the Christmas movie or the regular? Uh, I think it's based. It's from the National Lampoon's Vacation. I think it's just based on their, just the series of movies. But it's not Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo. I, I would like to see them. They're pretty not young anymore. So yeah, I'd like to see them uh, make a cameo. And you were saying that they they did make a cameo. In uh, the the reboot that they did, they did yeah, a spinoff movie or whatever. There was a. It's just called Vacation. It wasn't uh, associated with National Lampoons, but uh, Ed Helms was Rusty as an adult. Christina Applegate was his wife, and then they, their kids. Basically, they had the same the same premise, but yeah, just with Rusty growing pretty up. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. But I mean, and then uh, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo show up in the movie, and it, it, it's pretty funny. It's worth Ed, seeing if you haven't seen it. Ed Helms was the guy He's from Rusty. Big Bang Theory, though. Uh, or is it no, a different one? Ed Helms is from The Office. Okay, so I think the He's guy Andy who's... from The Office. Okay, so the guy... Oh, I see. Okay, so the guy who's from Big Bang Theory, he's going to be in this one, in this TV show. Johnny Galecki. Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, well, he was in Christmas Vacation. He was Rusty. Yeah, yeah, so but I think that's where the connection... That's what's funny about those movies, too, because um, sometimes the daughter's older than the son, sometimes the son's right. older than the daughter, and it, a lot of times they were famous, sometimes they weren't, but... All of them, I think, other than, I think, other than the first one, actually, even he, they, they all went on to do bigger and better things. Right, so they right. All they changed it up. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, and then, other than that, uh, Wonder Woman. If I didn't already mention it, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. There's been a resurgence in like, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just paying attention to things or I'm over analyzing things. But it seems like there's been a resurgence in like. P- 
people wanting to take movies and TV shows and have them take place in the 80s. Have you yeah. noticed that? Oh, everything. I mean, with Stranger, Stranger Things, Things and yeah. uh, uh, American Horror Story did a season. Yeah. Um, oh, Wonder it was Woman. called 1984. This yeah, year. yeah. So, so that's that's kind of an interesting trend that I'm just. I, I mean, well, I'm all for it. Is, I think it was easy to make fun of because the popular i mean like with the big haircuts right there's the, a lot of very there's things that are specific to that decade that you look at something and you say that was from that decade there was lots of one hit wonders as far as bands that the, the fashion was kind of just stupid other than bell bottoms which is from the 70s but mo- like you used to tight roll your pants and stuff right which is kind of stupid but, but it was popular. But I think, yeah, I think that people obviously I, I went through like, it. So like you and like my parents who are older, like they obviously went through. My dad graduated in like 1985, I think, college, oh. or high school. Oh, so yeah. like these that's people that, that are much older than me, then that's awesome. He these people are like they're they're obviously nostalgic for it. So I think that they're trying oh, to play God, off that, you know. Yeah. And there's, I think that there's music bands that have st- like Stacy's mom. Yeah. got it going. It's yeah. all about she's still caught up in the 80s i mean there's lots of songs even and about and i think that even my generation and younger like they appreciate which is kind of ironic but they appreciate the music from that time too like i've always said i would have loved to graduate in 1985 you get all of the best music of the 80s for the first part of there your, was a million for, for high school yeah. and then you get to enjoy it for college so i thought that i think that would have been awesome but the music was great, but there was a lot of bands that had one hit and never gone. Yeah, anymore. yeah. But there's still, I mean, there's still some around today. But anyways. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, we're talking we're talking Christmas movies today again. Uh, second, Like I said, second episode of our three parts of episodes. So, uh, we're going to start it off with, by far, my favorite Christmas movie. And probably one of my top five, if not for sure, top ten favorite movies of all time, I it, would I would think most people would say that too. Probably. And what I'm talking about uh, is it's a wonderful life. Um, and everyone to just, that's I, iconic. It's it's so there's so much about this movie that permeates pop culture. Um, there's so much. I mean, lines from it. Things. Well, Jimmy like, Stewart you alone. Know, I mean, and clearly his performance and in him just being Jimmy Stewart, just the actor. Um, Even people. You're younger than your generation know who Jimmy right. Stewart is if they know anything. If they, yeah, they've at least they've at least heard of the movie and yeah. um. So for me, what this movie, why this movie has become such a, a cornerstone of my Christmas tradition or my Christmas experience was, uh, we typically put up our tree. My parents uh, did a uh, artificial tree for as long as I can remember, and we usually put that tree up uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and. When we put the tree up, it was always tradition to watch It's a Wonderful Life while we were putting up the tree, while we were putting up the Christmas decorations. Since you were how old, do you think? Probably since I got that first ornament. From really? before I got that first ornament. Oh, my God. That for, in 2003. Yeah. Like, this is – this. it's been going on – that that tradition for, mi, for my family had been going on since they had it recorded on a VHS tape. So – that's hey, how old that that's is. That's not that old. Not for uh, the record. To be, I mean, considering that this movie came out before there was VHS tapes, you know, that's like you know, futuristic. We're not talking eight tracks. We're just talking VHS. VH- so, okay. For those of you uh, that don't know what a VHS is, go to your nearest uh, baby boomer and have them explain hey, it to you. There's enough of my friends listening. They're older than me, so they're like, "What are you talking about, damn kids?" Yeah. So. We uh, but we've been like I said, we had been doing that. Now, obviously, when I have the family of my own, 
we I'm trying to watch that movie or we are watching that movie. On VHS. <laughs> oh, we've upgraded our equipment. We do have a VHS player, but we've upgraded our equipment. Yeah, so do I. I just never use it. Um, but so we've we've uh, that that I know this movie. I I've I've listened to it, watched it more than probably any other movie ever. Uh, really? I, I don't know of any other movie that I've watched more times. No I kidding. know the lines. I know like everything, the little nuances of the little ticks that Jimmy Stewart has or the little things that, that people do during the movie. Um, but uh, but while I'm stalling here, Mickey, can you look up – can you just look up the actors list? Because I know obviously Jimmy Stewart was the main, main actor. Uh, Frank Capra directed it. Um, there's just a, a lot of really good people who were in this movie – that uh, went on to have great careers or had great careers before. But then. even for me, there are names that I that I'm not I, I've heard because they're such an old. I mean, it's, it's, it's been around for so long. Forty six, I think, right? Yes, uh, it's a Wonderful Life officially released in 1946, and this movie's actually got a very interesting story. Uh, so I think it was RCA Records, something something like that, um, bought this story off of a man who I wish I knew the name. I should I should have wrote it down, but. This guy basically created this story as a Christmas card. So imagine you got a Christmas card from a friend, 20 pages long, that is like a, basically a screenplay. And he writes this thing. He got 200 copies to send out to his friends. They picked it up for $10,000. They had three different scripts written for this movie. We need to understand, first of all, money was way different. Oh, was 73 oh, yes. years ago. So yes. Five thousand dollars was a huge amount of money. I mean, so, he mentions that in the movie. Yes, and, yeah. That that what he's making his salary and everything it was but, way different. Yeah. But so this movie then started out, and they they just couldn't get it right. They didn't really know what uh, you know what they wanted to do with the script. They had like three different versions. Frank Frank Capra picked it up and said, "I can really run with this. I can make something of this." So he took <laughs> the movie. He bought it for the same ten thousand dollars, and they. Threw in the three scripts for, you know, just as part of the deal. And he ends up making this movie. Now, a lot of people who weren't around back then, which is the majority of us, they wouldn't Even realize. Even the old guys talking right now. This movie was good, but it was not a smash hit. I would not say, I would I would go out on a limb and say that it is more popular today than it came, when oh, it came I out. I think you're right, yeah. I think you're right. So Frank Capra used to do this thing where he would uh, produce movies that were, uh, they would call it Capricorny or Capricorn, and they like this corny kind of like it always has a message, it always has this positive, you know, whatever. And critics were very critical. I get, I don't know, they're critics, so I guess they're well, always critical. I mean, that's how it is. Anything good, they don't recognize right away. I mean, like the most famous people who ever lived weren't recognized right. for their greatness until after and they died out of their time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so they were not – it wasn't very popular hit. Um, the only – I think it was an Oscar or a – it was an Emmy or an Oscar was one for the special effects. And this is even a fun story that kind of like dives into some more lore around this movie. But the man who created the snow in this movie was actually a revolutionary technique used from fire extinguisher material. And they found that they could crystallize it. And turn it into what would be realistic snow, looking snow, especially in the black and white era. So it's just foam, basically. It's basically foam. Before that, they would foam. take frosted flakes mm. and paint them white okay. and have them kind of that float down. That was a typical standard that they used for snow. 
The problem that they ran into, though, was that wildlife, deer and other animals, would be crunch, 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 oh, crunch sure, in yeah, the background. On it at all, yeah. And they had to, or come over to eat it, and they would have to dub voices over after the fact. So you, if you pay attention to those old movies, like the, the voices aren't really lining up with the, the, the lips, it's because of that. So this well, other man, actors and everything. I mean, not right. just even wildlife. I mean, but yeah. what, that's what I'm saying is the the actors they they had to voice over everything that was in a snow scene. I mean, any no, what I'm saying is anybody who stepped on those crunches. Right. Oh yes. 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 Yeah. Any it noise, it's gonna all be a huge up. audio problem. Mm-hmm. And so this man who created this, uh, I should make a note to myself. I should go back in the corrections corner in the next episode and talk about this. The man that created this. Technique actually won an Oscar and an Emmy for it, and it was the only award they won. But they were they were nominated for like five different awards for this movie. Oh, I believe it. Um, so can you just run down? I know uh, Lionel Barrymore was in it. Okay, so it's it's James Stewart or Jimmy Stewart, as everybody knows. Donna Reed was his love interest, the main you know the main woman that you see in Lionel Barrymore, as you said. Caroline Grimes, Henry Travers, Thomas Mitchell, Balula Bondi. Gloria Graham was the one, his other love interest that he oh, uh, kind of wanted to have fun with. Uh, Violet. Violet Bick, yep. H.B. Yep. Yep. Warner, Ward Bond, Franklin Phelan, Carol Combs, Todd Carnes, Jimmy yeah. Hawkins, Samuel S. Hines. So, a lot of these names don't sound that familiar to certain generations, including mine. But I like the old stuff. I mean, I like old music. I like old movies. Um, I had never seen any of the movies we're going to talk about, to be honest, and I feel bad about it because they're really good movies, but these are some of these actors are legendary, iconic actors, right? Right. That everyone's heard Timeless, of. They know yeah. anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so so this movie gets made. It's it is it does matter do well. I don't even think they made their money back for making the movie. Like it it wasn't necessarily a flop, but they didn't do as well as they wanted to. Like a lot. So fast things. forward, and I, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick out these details hopefully and. And uh, talk about him in the next episode. So fast forward 40 years, whatever it is. I don't even know how many years. 19, I think it was the 1990s, 1980s. Some clerk in some Hollywood, uh, you know, rights studio or, you know, the, the however that works where, you know, people pay to play their movies on their station. You know, the, the production and whatever else that, you know, you have to pay for that licensing fee. They let that slip, right? So... What ended up happening was Turner Classic Movies picked up this movie. We can we can we can show this movie for free. That's a great channel too, by the way, because a lot of these movies are on there all right. the time. Yeah. Right, and 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 obviously, if it's right in their wheelhouse of what they typically show, and that's that's what they're all about. Yeah. So they pick it up, and they're like, "We need a Christmas movie. Let's throw this on here. We'll play it around Christmas time. We don't get any licensing fees. We can just play it for free, and we'll be good to go." And that is how this movie actually got as popular as it did. It wasn't because it was popular necessarily very at the very beginning, but because it started getting played and people realized how amazing this movie was in the you know later on in its its life, and then it had its resurgence and then got popular after the fact. They call that a cult classic. Okay, so that's yeah, that's yeah, what that's it usually what okay. Classic. Yeah, I mean just. It, it wasn't well-received well when it first came out, but then all of a sudden everybody went, what the hell were we doing? This is a great movie. Right. Like, I was going to go out. The Mona Lisa, the only reason anybody knows about it is because it was stolen. Oh, okay. The only reason it became famous is because it was stolen. Then all of a sudden everybody went, oh, I know that painting. 
it just became from recognition and, yeah. and you know just repetition so that's what happens right. that's what we do that's people being people so. and and i'll talk a little bit more about what's modern what's happened to it in in lately but uh but yeah so um just to kind of give a brief synopsis of this movie because i think it, it it deserves a little bit oh, of a, it, this you know is the, i think this is the best of the three movies we watched yeah it, it just to kind of give the little little storyline so essentially you learn uh all about george bailey's life through the eyes of a uh angel named clarence and so essentially this entire movie is kind of a flashback so clarence is is asked to save george bailey's life because he's considering taking his the greatest god's greatest gift his life and he has to learn about george bailey through the eyes of these angels so they actually like on a tape recorder start out when he was very young and they they work their way through his life so some of the highlights and all of these things come into play as far as being important later on in his life and why they're all connected and, and that's what i really appreciated about this too is they they touched on things like for example right off the bat he saves his brother from a the when lake. he when he goes into the the, the lake okay yeah. so there's they're, they're sledding down a hill and he breaks through the ice and he goes into lakes part of that though he saves his brother harry i think it's harry bailey i think it is yeah he saves, he saves his brother and but because of that he gets a really bad cold or pneumonia or something and he has an ear infection or something happens to his ear and he ends up losing hearing in that ear and throughout the entire movie that's he calls it his trick ear but he can't hear out of that ear so you fast forward a little bit more he meets violet he meets mary as young kids uh she even whispers in his ear george bailey i'll love you till the day i die and well that that happened i mean they they, like i said they really did well at setting this up uh old man gower uh that whole situation where he's able to basically save this guy's reputation along with saving somebody who would have taken pills that were poisoned george or old man gower his uh, son had just died from influenza so he's just torn up and he's not thinking straight and he's the druggist so he's trying to prepare these drugs for somebody else he ends up not uh not delivering them and there's a whole thing you get to introduce to potter well he actually misdiagnoses her yeah, there's a there's a Not confusion, or he he puts the wrong medicine in the capsules, and basically. and uh, Jimmy Stewart's character actually corrects him, right? Which comes up later in the movie. Exactly. So he's he's kind of we're walking our way through all this, and essentially, what you see in George Bailey's life, George Bailey yeah. is a repetitive pattern of him having a dream wanting to do it, saving up money, spending the time, whatever he needs to do, and then having something happen that prevents him from doing that thing that he wants to do. And by the end of it, because of the circumstances, he feels like he's going to – that his life doesn't matter and that because he's so frustrated with the way things turned out and uh, because his idiot uncle loses money – the, he's basically going to be hauled off to jail, and so this is why he because he's a banker. I don't know. Yeah, we, mentioned we that, didn't. But yeah, but he ba- Bailey Brothers Building and Loan. So they own the bank. They 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 loan people money to build houses in a in a town where like around here where we live, Bergstrom owns everything. There's one guy who basically owns everything in that town, mm-hmm. and then there's this one bank 
that isn't owned by him, and then that mean, evil owner of everything else wants to buy them out. Right. Henry F. Potter, yeah. the the evilest man in all of... Yeah, of, the evil empire. Ba- that uh, typical guy. Yeah, and, and all of Bedford Falls. And he, you know, th- this, this dynamic is just... I just want to... Uh, we're going to get into this and really do a deep dive, but I just really want to just comment on... I, I know it's a combination of what Jimmy Stewart did, but it's also the just amazing writing i mean the wittiness the things that happened in this like the banter the little things like like at the beginning he goes hey brainless you know where coconuts yeah. come from like just little things like that just made this movie so much better than it would it could have been you know well i, I think we've come to a time i mean you can't say those kind of things now and that's maybe why it's standing out to you as much yeah i mean even when i was growing up there was a movie called blazing saddles where they said a lot of racist and just derogatory things that were funny right but we live in a society that's a little more hypersensitive now so yeah those kinds of things you couldn't call somebody brainless nowadays it's like everybody's up in arms so um it just used to be part of the conversation you know? speaking of like a racist comment and this is something that probably people wouldn't have picked up on especially if you you know only watch it once or whatever um potter talks about how yeah they are dealing with or or giving out loans to garlic eaters yeah. and that's a reference yeah. to italian italian americans yeah. yeah. and obviously but nobody would even know martini what that means martini's yeah. bar and yeah. everything that he you know and, and it's very like, derogatory it's very racist but back then you could get away with that now right. nobody would even know what they, that means it, it's it's not i mean obviously with italian americans you're not really you don't think of them as an oppressed race but no. that back then back italian then, irish yeah. They were all, you know, there was there was racism going, and but it's like that those types of things kind of date the movie, but it also is like for me, I like hearing that stuff because it's like as bad as things were or as, as racist as people, like I like to know the history of what it, it was. It explains what the time you know, was. Like. It, yeah. It's not, you know, you obviously they couldn't have, you know, there there's they couldn't have made it today because the movie take place took place back then, but it it kind of just it it gives more history and a richer way of understanding. What these people's everyday lives were like. And that movie, it, it's it's a timepiece, because even the monetary units that they use, I mean, the currency that they talk about, like five thousand dollars was a big deal back then. I mean, that's seventy three years ago. So now it is like, oh my god, I have five grand in my bank account right now, you know. But that doesn't mean I'm rich. So <laughs> stop with the emails. Okay? Well, well, he says that he makes. What does he make? Five. Tw- uh, forty three dollars a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. it's so it's like so it's a timepiece as far as that kind of stuff. But as you're trying to say, uh, this this the movie is timeless as far as the message that is coming across. I mean, right. we all go through bad times, and he 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 seems like a happy go lucky guy. Everybody loves him and stuff, but he doesn't even realize that the girl's in love with him. Which you know, I that I know what I wrote down. Yeah. You he's kind of clueless. He's yeah, not, he's she not. wants. She's basically saying, "I love you," and he's like, "Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I have to go off and live, you know, go to college and stuff." Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's how I was at that age. I, and yeah, I, but it comes down to, and then finally he gets everything that he's ever wanted, and then it's like, "Oh my God, I'm I'm letting everybody down." And then he wants to kill himself, and then he realizes after Clarence comes around, "Oh, life isn't so bad. Yeah. I got to look at it a different way." You know. Essentially, this is a. This is the with with the right word, not the the opposite. The um, there's a more elegant word for the opposite that I'm is escaping my mind right now. Um, essentially, the 
the reverse of a Christmas Carol. Kinda, yeah. There's a really good guy who needs to be convinced that his life is really it's good. It's contradictory, but but it's, yeah, and it's kind of a, the same message. In a Christmas Carol, there's a really bad guy who needs to be convinced to be really good. So yeah. it's got it's it's in the similar vein, but 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 on the other hand, I mean the, the movie you used to get away with more. I mean it was it's a depressing concept. Yeah. That you don't necessarily get to portray anymore nowadays because we are a little more hypersensitive. I mean, the guy is ready to kill himself. Right. You don't necessarily <laughs> even be able to do that now. And I, I laugh when he says, the guy's going to yeah. kill him. Well, I'm you're laughing over that. Because I remember the line when he's sitting in the uh, in the, the bridge the bridge operator's Standing office, there, and he yeah. goes, he goes, suicide's illegal around here, sir. Yeah, exactly. Around these parts. What, it, what it, it's something along the lines of... Um, I don't know. It's it's something along the lines of yeah that suicide. That's what he says. Hey yeah, man, suicide's illegal. Suicide's illegal yeah. around. Well, no kidding. And then what? Clarence goes, "It's illegal where I'm from too." It's just it's it's, but those heavy messages, it, we weren't so hypersensitive. You could talk about. I mean, these are deep movies. They really are. I mean, right. It's a heavy message that's being sent to get you back to going. Oh my God, life is great. Right. Right, it's all about your perception. And exactly. It, and um, so I the same kind of format that we've done before. I'd like to kind of go back and forth and like say something that I I thought was interesting that I noticed, and then Mickey will say something that he's interested. Because sure. there's other things that I like. I said if you can't tell, I'm like bursting at the seams here. Oh, there's other is, things that I want to talk about. Three movies I might about this movie in terms of like little nuances or little um stories that go along with certain specific scenes or certain things that that happened um so first of all really dates the movie and i love that they leave this in and i love that you know and i hope that they never get rid of this but you can tell the age of this movie that they flipped the pages to show the credits so they had a stack of credits sitting on top of on top of a table and they just had a camera on it and they just one by one pulled pages out so forget about like the star wars opening crawl like this was high tech, to the, and, yeah. and but it was it was art. It was a little a little picture of a sleigh and reindeer. It was a little picture they of an old farmhouse. That, like though. like this page, like it wasn't just the credits. Like they had like it was a work of art. Like cinematography. If anybody if anybody has these credits, by the way, in a page in their parents' basement or grandparent great grandparents' basement somewhere, let me know and I'll buy them off you because yeah. they're gonna that'd be awesome. Well, that was the cin- cinematography. You know That's that yeah exactly yeah right along there with with figuring out how to show the snow in the black and white movie yeah. without you know having a bunch of background noise they didn't have the technology we got now yeah yep so uh so then mickey i guess like i said let's let's just kind of go down the list as far as things that we well know. i mean I, the, the, one of the things i wrote uh, jimmy stewart i mean i i've heard about him a lot i, I hadn't seen a lot of his movies i wasn't right. that familiar i mean i just know who he is but i hadn't seen a lot of his movies i never watched this one admittedly i've never actually watched any of these movies all the way through maybe bits here and there but I always thought he was just an innocent, sweet kind of, like Gomer Pyle type of character. Yeah. No, he's way. I mean, the guy was an amazing actor. You felt every emotion with right. him, but you could actually tell. I mean, he's dry and humorous and and sarcastic. Oh yeah. I mean, even it, when the when, personality. I mean, the, the in, in insane. Like this is man is just like dripping with personality. Oh, there's so much going and and when Mary gets caught in the in the bush, even that, that's yeah. that, that's when oh, I started man. writing this. And I'm like, 
He's like, well, I don't. She's like, I'm gonna tell your mother. He's like, well, she's busy doing this, and she'd actually go along with it. And he's like, I gotta sell tickets. Here. I'm gonna call the it's, cops. Well, yeah. they'd be on my side. Yeah, and then he's <laughs> like, I, but I can sell tickets for this. I mean, I, I gotta think about this. I can do so. And he's that's funny. It's dry humor, but it's hilarious. And he's such a sweet, innocent guy normally, but there wasn't. I guess that's darkness nowadays is what you call that. I mean, right. there's a darker side of him. He's, he's kind of dry and kind of sinister and all that. I mean, it's it's funny. That's so, where humor comes from. So I got two things. First of all, I want to ask the audience and ask Mickey this question. What do you think the thing was that he was going to – the deal he was going to make with her for her to get her robe back? What do you – I don't know. Uh, I, I'd like to – I think – I wonder. I think that he was just going to say, like, you give me a – because up until that point they hadn't kissed. That, I think, po- I think he was just going to say – I'll, you know, give me a kiss and I'll give this back Movies to you. Movies were more innocent, so it was kiss, but it was sex-oriented. Yeah, I mean, kiss. He, but there was a couple times throughout that scene where he's trying to, like, lean in for a kiss. And exactly. she kind of like, a buffalo girl. And she keeps walking, yeah. you know. So so that's one thing. It that was a kind kiss. Of, you know, Nowadays, it'd be sex. Yeah. But back then, it was a kiss because we were a little more innocent and, as far as the But movies. that's kind of like, what would he have done or would he have just given it back to her? Was he just messing with her and eventually, yeah. you know, well, just, to, just to kind of get her ruffled and, you but know. that's the cat and mouse game that you saw in those yeah. movies back then. Yeah. It was, that's the fun part of it, you know. But uh, the other part of this, and it kind of goes into more about what you were saying about his dark side and everything. So, um, that might be the people, wrong word, especially. Back well, then. no, but but yeah, I mean, they he you know this this kind of not dark more like, sarcastic like evil, but just like a darker just tone. Sarcastic, yeah. yeah. So Jimmy Stewart was in World War Two. So these things that he's talking about, as far as what her bro- his brother did, like those are the things that he did. He was a pilot in World War Two. Yeah. He was famous before he got Jimmy drafted. Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, yeah. He was famous before he got drafted, and then. When he got dra- or drafted or entered into World War II, whatever he ended up doing, he went on to become, a, I believe, a Navy pilot. And what he wanted Decorated, to do, right? he wanted to be in the fighting. Yeah. The upper upper brass said, no, you know, you're not. And he just eventually just said, I'm just going to assign myself. So he would, I think, B-52s, he was, he was about with those flying fortresses. And he was a pilot or he was part of some, somehow yeah, a part of that. He his country more than do And he said, yeah. we, he says, he's got a quote, something along the lines of, there's more... There's more conscious in in these guys or whatever than they're all there's all of Hollywood and I need to do what I need to do because this is gonna if we, if I don't do my part and this is a lot of people's attitude it's gonna be at our doorstep Germany's gonna be knocking at our we need I need to put do my part unfortunately because of that I mean like you said highly decorated he he did all these things and and he was in I, the I mean, battles like I mean, he wasn't decorated as far as the military yeah not even just that's the, of yeah, what he was. yeah yeah that's what I'm saying and so because of all of that and because of what he did and the thought the way that he thought was the things that I do the decisions that I make today are going to impact people's lives forever my my decisions are directly related to if the people under me live or die because of that though uh, I thought awesome they, ca- they, they called it I think flak jacket or flak something eventually what it was turned out to be is what people realized was PTSD and he oh, yeah, kind of yeah. he kind of went into a depression. He'd wake up with with you know dreams of you know planes falling and from the sky because he Flash I mean he bags. saw that you know, yeah. and so it's it's interesting because that all happened right before he recorded this movie. So he was a famous actor before then. Came back, he picked up this movie. He's kind of been into depression. This kind of pulled him out of it. But those scenes where he's yelling at his family and the things that's going on, he's 
he's acting, but he's really like he's drawing on those emotions, like those a PTSD. Good actor does. Yes. They go back to the places that Absolutely. where they've hard, hard, had hardship, and that's where they can draw those actual emotions. That so, no kidding. I didn't as, as much as that is acting, it is also a lot his PTSD coming out and his his reacting and having this this very visceral emotional reaction but to that's things what that are going acting is. you have to you have to that's, find yeah. your brain into those places so that you can respond the way you want to in that scene right that and you can draw that's on that, how yeah. good because you could see his emotions in his face that's right. how dramatic of an actor he is and yet he's still so humorous and sarcastic and I'm, I'm guessing his sarcasm came from a lot you, you get a little more uh, you're a little more dark and you just you got, you got a different, you got a different sense of humor when you're, you're in the military. Yeah, you're, you're, you're you know, perspective for any of changes. us, if for any of you that are in the military, or you know people in the military. There's definitely a, it's just different, and it, he, he, like I said, it not for the worse. I think that it, I think that his, you know, his style, his his humor is 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 awesome. Oh, I love know? it. That's but where that's I that's, from, that's what know. that's what Mickey is saying is that because of that, you can see that coming out as far as you know. You can imagine the conversations that he's having. You've Uncle, learned you've learned how the world Uncle Billy works a little more at and, that point. and all of that. You can you can you can see those conversations happening in a foxhole in Germany. Like those You're you not know. as sweet as innocent. You're a little more tarnished, maybe, or right. whatever the right word your, is. Your mind just processes things differently. Yeah. yeah. Um so I, like I said, it's it's all flashback for Clarence. It's kind of like a time travel movie, or like even you could even say like at the end when um when he ends up that he's not, you know, actually uh alive anymore that he never existed and you could even go as far as to say that this is like a page right out of the twilight zone like this could be a twilight zone movie um so yeah so so much is in, connected and impacts other events like i said um a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh trivia or history i guess um so that scene in the the beginning and then when he comes back after he gets his, his suitcase the beginning when he walks into the druggist and he and he pulls that handle and the flame lights so that was a flame because people, everybody smoked like chimneys back then, you know, you, pipes. You did it on, on, even on screen. I mean, right. there was no problem. Pipes and cigars and everything else. Um, they, that, that thing wouldn't always light. So that's why he makes a wish before he pulls it back because it wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily always light. And so that's kind of a little, little bit of history trivia, I guess, uh, as far as that goes. Um, so Mickey, I guess, uh, your, your turn. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I, uh. As I'm sitting here, <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, it's a great movie. I, honestly, I had never seen any of these movies. I think I mentioned that, but I like all three of them. They're all different in their own way. This is my favorite by far, it, and this this movie actually brought me to tears a few times oh, because it's absolutely. that heavy of a message. It's just they definitely do a good job telling the story of a man with a bright future. I mean, he's young. The girls all want him. He's he's got a future. He's going to go to college. He's gonna, you know, and he's kind of turns out his brother has all this success and he's stuck in this town that he's always wanted to get out of right you know and it's like okay my brother his brother ends up having the life that he wanted is basically the story they're telling right and he's still stuck there he marries a beautiful woman so the whole old maid one thing with her oh my gosh <laughs> she's end, beautiful yeah. there's yeah. no way she was gonna be an old man i just want yeah. to mention that but <laughs> I Mickey, mean, out of everything that happened in this movie, Mickey stated that the most unrealistic thing was that Mary ended up being unmarried I mean, yeah, in the alternate universe. Gorgeous. There's a reason she's an actress. So, yeah, there's no way she was not going to be taken up by somebody. But I, they do a great job of telling the story that, 
okay, I never got to leave this. I never got to leave this city that I hate. I, I want to get out of here. I, I'm, I'm bigger and better than this. And then, uh, you know, then he gets what he wants. What I love is that, you know, right in the middle of their fight, him and Mary, they talk about, they're fighting. I don't want to get married. Oh, oh, you know, right there. And then they get that phone call where he yeah. can move on. And, you know, I don't want to get married. And then you see them look at each other like, oh. And then the next scene, they're getting married. So I believe that scene, that dialogue, was impromptu. I don't think that was scripted. I believe it. I think that that whole, that whole while scene while they're we're talking, and that kind of leads me into like kind of something else that I wanted to point out is, so we talked about this every point of his life. So first of all, the point uh, that it starts out, he's got all these dreams, right? He wants to be an architect or an engineer. It's not really clear. He wants to build skyscrapers a mile high, well, bridges a, a mile long, you know. He, he, he wants to do something. He wants to go to – but what he wants to do is he wants to travel through Europe. So he's been saving like a miser, as he says. He wants to travel Europe. He wants to then go on to college and see what they know. And then he wants to come back, get a wife, have a, you know some children, whatever. So he wants to do – he's got these goals. He's very driven to do things in his life. But he's got a plan. And he's he got a plan, and he knows place. exactly. He's got yeah. tickets. He's got. He knows what he's doing, right? He says, oh, I'm traveling over on a cattle ship. Oh, a cattle ship? Okay, I like cows, you know. He, he's, 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 but he's plan- he knows he's realistic about what he wants to do and how he's going to do it. But he's a smartass because he's right. kind of cocky. Yeah. I, I, but, know, I know who I am. I'm going to get it all. Right, and he's like, this is what I want to do. So the very first roadblock that happens is his dad dies. His dad has a stroke. His dad dies. He puts off his trip to Europe, right, to take care of things with the building and loan. Okay, so he's all ready to go to college now. Okay, I put off my month or two month trip. I think it was like a three month trip that he was going to yeah, plan on taking. Yep, yep. I, I put it off. I'm going to do this now. The next thing that happens then is they said, "We will not keep the building and loan if you are not part of the staff, Mr. George Bailey, because, because of his he's amazing speech." For, well, and he's the namesake. I yeah, mean. and but but his but the way he stood up to Potter in that boardroom yeah. and his. High ideals, as Potter says. And Dad opened it, but yeah, he's the reason that they're so inspired because he's, you know, he's and, passionate because it's his family's business. And right? I just go down a, a detour through a detour. Um, people recognize that this man is intelligent. Like yeah. he even talks about, oh yeah, I might end up at he's the a library. Young guy too. He's in he's his early twenties. Well, he's well uh, read. He knows things about the world. He understands how things work. He knows how to run a business. He's running the business. He's his he's running the business sake. better than his uncle ever could. Yeah. He's doing all these things, and people recognize that in George Bailey, and they want him to be a part of their life. He's a leader. He yeah. He's a he's, he's a, a very a natural leader. leader. So that happens, and he says, okay, I will run this business for four years. My brother, I'll take all the money that I saved up. He's going to go to college now. Four years pass. He comes back. Then his brother gets married. Well, guess what? His brother got offered, as they say, at mercenary work, purely mercenary, this really good job in Platt. I think it's in plastic. No, in research. Um, right. The other the other guy had uh, that was in plastics, but um, in research. And so – he, you can see his face as his wife, his his brother's wife is talking to him, and he says, "Oh, you know, tell me more about this job." And it's just like this whole, like you could see the wheels turning, and like before he even gets off the train, he's already made the decision that he's going to give this money to his brother, yep. and that he's going to oh sacrificing, you know, that sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. His his putting his his needs behind other people's because he knows that's what's best for the situation. 
So at that point, he's pretty much stuck there, so to speak. But what he fi- what he finds out, or pretty much already knew, is that Mary loves him and has loved him since they were kids. And that is when the scene that you're talking about occurs, and they end up getting married. And I'm not sure he even knew it, but it was in the back of his head. Right. I think he thought His about mom it. knew it or saw it or yeah. whatever. But but he was kind of a stupid guy, like, oh, what are you talking about? Oh, oh, you actually like me? She's, she's got Google eyes for him. Yeah, you know? and I mean, he's he, she's being so obvious. That dialogue, like I said, if you haven't seen this movie, go back. House, yeah. Like, like well, what are you here for then? What are you, what are you, what are you doing? You know, and he's like, I don't know. I came in to get warm. You it's know, too, it's like it's two like stubborn people fighting right. with each other because they love each other and right. don't want to admit it. You're like, I love you so much that I want to fight with you. You know, yeah, like exactly. that kind of, Um, so then <laughs> this guy's life just gets even better. Uh, the Great Depression happens. And he's got to take all the money that he got from his wedding to keep the bank from going under. He doesn't even think twice about it. Mary says, well, I've got money. You're right here. His Boom. wife says, to he's, keep he, the, the bank snap alive, decision. we're going to give yep. up our own money. They, they're, they were going to, again, go to Europe, go travel, do all these things. Or I don't even think they were going to go to Europe. They were going to go down to you know the, the city, travel, do all they're these gonna things. They were going to live their own lives, but they couldn't even do that. And so that's pretty much the last thing before before they lose the money. That's really the last thing. And at every turn of his life where he wanted to do something, he even says it when he's talking to Mary, I, I don't want any kids. I don't want any plastics. I don't want any of this. I want to get out of this town. I want to go do what I want to do. I want to go live my own life. I want to, yeah. I want to live this life that I have built up that. in my head. He's as much as said that. Yeah. And so it's just it's just so interesting to see that and kind of dissect that more as far as why that is important to the story and why it's important that we, it leads into why it's a wonderful life. And I love that they call it It's a Wonderful Life, not George Bailey's Wonderful Life. Everybody's life is wonderful, and this is why. And even though things happen, you're still going to have a wonderful life because you impact so many and people. And that, that's kind of what I, where I was alluding to before. It just – it's such a great story. I mean, it, it takes you from bright future – to a guy who got stuck in a town and his brother's off living the life he was going to live. And only to remind us that enjoying and appreciating everything that we have, it's the journey. Right. It's about right. you appreciate what you have now. It, I mean, looking at what you could have, looking at what you don't have, that's just going to make you miserable. And that he gets reminded that, oh, my God, my life is amazing. Yeah. I love everything I have. And that's why it's a timeless story. I mean, it's a time piece as far as. Certain things like the money and the stuff they were, but as far as the message they're sending, it's a timeless story. And, right, it and, relates to everybody. And and like you, you and I both admitted, I, I, I cried. Right. Oh, I tear. I up laughed. Every year. I, I laughed because I love his sarcasm. I love his sense of humor. There's there's some really dry humor in there, and that's that's who I am. But yeah. it, it reminds you that, you know what? No matter what happens to you, life isn't so bad. You've got some good. Life is good. I mean. You just gotta appreciate what you've got going for you, and not look at the bad stuff. And right, I mean, like that's what it's all meant. That's what it's all about. I yeah, mean, that's why they call it absolutely. That. You know, that's that's why this is the point of the whole story. You know, he's mm-hmm. got, he's conflicted with what he wants in his life, but at the end of the day, he knows I'm not gonna kill the type of person because he my wants life to is do. better than I thought. I'm just not re- yeah. recognizing that. But and even even to that point, you you understand the character of George Bailey because he doesn't even think twice about helping the people that he yeah. loves. You know. Um, I, I love the, what they pulled together for that honeymoon. Like I said, I'm just going to go through a couple, couple of things. I love that they find these posters and she's cooking over the fire and doing all this. I love that scene. You know, it, it's so so awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, 
what I really found in, in, in uh, you know, it'd be cool to see his his dad and the life that his dad lived before him. But George learned from his father. I mean, you can't have that type of character and those intangibles without looking at what your father's done. Well, you don't know because, how to run a business if you're not watching what your dad has done. Right, and and he says he he says he's got a line that he talks about um, when when they they talk about you know the the loans that they're giving and these people that you know they on paper they can't afford it or they they shouldn't be getting these loans. And he said, you know how long it takes for a working man to to earn five thousand dollars in this town? Yeah, that's the what, point. What are they supposed to do? Wait and, and save up? Wait, wait for what? They they're, they're they're doing all the living and working and dying and bleeding in this town, and we're trying to give them something to help improve their situation. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like he has no problems with putting that ba- that building loan, you know, under and, and losing money or not at least at the minimum not making money. Um, and I mean, he even resisted selling his soul to Potter at one point when he offered him a job. Oh, he was you know? just close it's to being amazing sucked job. in. Just you know, that close to being sucked into it. Yeah. You know, and he, and he even, caught himself and went, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to work for you. You're the evil empire. And like I said, everybody in this town realizes how, I mean, they even talk about, they kind of allude to the fact that George had the idea to put the pool underneath, which that, I mean, like I said, all these scenes are great, but the pool underneath the, the gym so that they could save a building. Like they alluded to that, the plastics, the idea he had where he read about the soybean. Um, but Potter recognizes that. He understands his talent. He understands what what potential this man has, and he wants to hire him. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, so I also I love that guy that didn't say a word. The guy that pushed around Potter the entire movie. Yeah. So um, who, who was the actor? Um, I want to say George C. Scott. But ironically enough, he this man did actually um, – he played uh, Scrooge in a uh, audio book for a Christmas Carol. Um, but I'll, I'll come back to that in a second, but, um, he did actually have a wheelchair. So like that wasn't an actor or act. It, it was an actor. He wasn't acting that he, he, he had a wheelchair. So he did actually, um, they cast somebody in a wheelchair. What? Well, yeah. Um, Lionel Barrymore, Lionel Barrymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. He, he was, he did. Um, she's a terrific actor too. Um, but, I guess, and I keep rambling. We're, we're yeah, we need to. Yeah, we need to. Um, this is the best of the three movies. In my like opinion, I said, we yeah. wanted to. We wanted to talk the most about this one, but, um, but I mean, everybody's out for each. Other. This town is just. It really is good. Like, it it, it just kind of talks about you know shows small town America. But what I really want to get across, and like what I what we've talked about and hinted towards, or you know, had had reference to before is. Like I personally, and I and Mickey and I have talked about this. I identify with George Bailey on like this weird spiritual level, because and and this isn't me like patting myself on the back or like because because there's definitely flaws I feel like in his character oh, and in my you're character. You're an egomaniac. Everybody <laughs> right. can tell. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I'm just always talking. All about you it. do is promote yourself. Uh, but what I mean by that is, he has this deep caring for everybody around him, and. That simultaneously is is paired with his frustration with the things that he wants to happen for himself he's and not for his family. Sorry for himself when he wants to kill kill himself. He feels like he's letting the entire right. town down. Yeah, including his beautiful wife and his beautiful kids. He feels not. Oh my God! Everybody hates me. It's it's not. Oh, woe is me. It's 
I'm letting everyone down. Yeah, that I that I ruined other people's life, or yeah. I'd be better if I wasn't alive. Obviously, is everybody the whole would point. be better off because I've screwed up their lives. And so for me, it's like I get frustrated at the same things that he gets frustrated. He walks in and he's he's you know, oh, why you got to keep playing that music? I don't know. I'm not a dictionary, you know. Yeah. And he's freaking out. But immediately, immediately after he, he has this out, that he's being he an ass. understands what he's doing, and he turns around and he apologizes to his family. And I feel like. Like, I don't know it, I, if, you know, other people who watch this maybe maybe can relate, but I just feel like that's – that. like, I have these, like, emotions that sometimes come to the surface and they they, they kind of – it's it just explodes. But it, it's in a way that's like, I care so much about all of you, and I want – I have this reaction because I want it to be good. I want all of these things to line up, and I'm so frustrated because I can't – I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm running 100 miles an hour. I'm trying to make I everybody happy at the same time, but right. I know I can't do it, and it's pissing me off. Yeah, there, there's, and I'm mad at myself. I'm, I'm limited, but but I take it it's my responsibility. I mean, even when he goes and talks to Potter about losing the money, he says, I lost the money. And he said, you lost the money. Really? It's my fault. And it, and it was never his fault. It was <laughs> – But it was we live in a world now that uncle. wants to blame everyone else. So it, it's, it's refreshing to see people going, no – Taking on the burden themselves as opposed to blaming everyone else. I mean, that's right. why this movie brought me to tears at times. It's like, yeah, you know, it's nice to see somebody going, I, I'm the burden. Right. It's I, not everybody else. You know, it's me. And trying, everybody trying to do their best. I mean, and and like I said, I mean, George George would lend you the shoes on his feet, the, the shirt off his back, and Potter would barely even give you a penny, I think. Um, Because he's a money-hungry kind of corporate guy that's... And it's it's amazing though because like I said they 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 portray this in such a great way. He, his change in perspective because of what he saw what would happen if his life wasn't he did how much he impacted other people's lives. I mean, saving his brother who then ended up saving all the people on the plane. He said nobody was around to your brother didn't save those people in the war because you weren't around to save him. Yeah. And like these little things that just, like I said, they tie it all together at the end of why these are all important. He, he saved this the druggist. To that leads you know, to that leads to that. Our yeah. lives are impacting so many people that we don't understand or could fully ever understand that it's important. And it is a wonderful life because you matter. And that's, I think the biggest message that comes about, like, like if you're thinking about doing, you know, taking God's greatest gift, your life, like don't, Think about the things that you did wrong. Think about all the impact, positive impact that you did. Even the other things people's you lives. take for granted, the small, like you said, he stopped the, the pharmacist from from putting the, the wrong drugs out that would have poisoned everybody. Turns out later in the movie, when you see that he it never existed, a lot of people died. Yeah, people and died, and he went to jail, he's a, and yeah, he's, he's just a, a you know, destitute. Yeah. You know, he stopped that one little incident stopped lots of people, and, and yeah, it's um, huge impact. And I guess the last couple things, <laughs> I keep saying that. Last couple things I want to talk about for this movie is one, um, I love the line where he says to Clarence, "Look, little feller, why don't you go off and haunt somebody else?" Like yeah. he's like not believing that he's. Oh, there's sarcasm everywhere. Yeah. And it, like I said, just because I've watched it so many times and I'm paying attention, uh, at the end of the movie when he find he's reunited with his family, he's sitting there hugging and kissing his family and, and his kids and, and everything else, and. She's trying to explain to him, like, hey, I got the whole town to help us out. And if you watch him, he's just, like, trying to, like, attack her, like, to try to kiss her. He's just, like, yeah. he's not even paying attention to what he's saying. He's just, like, I'm just so happy right now. He walks in, and he's, like, you're going to jail, sir. 
Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I'm going to jail. Yeah. I understand what I have. Like, Zeus Zeus pedals. Okay. So, anyways, everything else that goes along with how you realize it. That's how much of a great actor he is. You could see he was overwhelmed by everything that was happening in front of him. Um, and then the last thing, as far as kind of to wrap all this up and kind of tie things together, uh, apparently there's a town in upstate New York, because that's Bedford Falls, New York, that, yep. that's where it, it takes place, is a fictional town, uh, that they believe that that's where they, they shot most of this, but I think it was shot in California, but they're claiming it. So every year during, like I think it was la- this last weekend, they have a It's a Wonderful Life weekend. The lady who played, the little girl who played Zuzu, is there for that and signs books and oh, put really? pedals in a book Still. for her. Yeah, puts wow. the Zuzu's pedals in the book. So That's I'd like to go to that someday. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I guess anything else you want to add as far as It's a Wonderful Life goes? And then like, uh, the only thing move I, on to I mean, it'd be nice to have a guardian agent to remind you once in a while <laughs> that you do make a difference. Yes. <laughs> I mean, because there's some days I feel like the whole world hates me. Yeah. It's like. It's all about oh, perspective. No, everybody doesn't hate you. Yeah, it's yeah. how you look at it's, things. It, 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 when you, it's, it's amazing something because that's the thing. His situation didn't change. Yes, his fa- his family and friends came around him and helped. Nothing happened. Nothing fundamentally changed about his life when he, uh, after he became back as existing. And did he drunk just looked, driving, by the way. <laughs> we, we don't condone that. Not yet. Um, but he he just, the way he looked at it was different. He, yeah. he intentionally was looking for the good instead of looking for the bad. I mean, people, there's, there's you, when you start looking at your life that way, your life is so much better. I mean, Especially for us Americans who just have it, like, like embarrassingly better than majority of yeah. the world and of human history, period. When you start looking at those things as simple as, I've got a roof over my head. I didn't go hungry tonight. I have a family that loves me. All of those things the rest of the world can really so change your attitude and, and make it so something that, you know, you don't, you don't focus on. But anyways, we have a, gr- that's we my... have a gross of riches. Yeah. yeah. The only other thing I wanted to say, and this is kind of. To make it lighter. Okay. I'm a smart Oh, there's some fun stuff in this oh, movie. Yeah. Don't, yeah. I wondered if, if Bert and Ernie <laughs> yeah. from Sesame Street yeah, yeah, yeah. came from that. And yeah. I looked it up. It, much speculation, no confirmation. And most sources from the Jim Henson Company said that it's just coincidence. Okay. But yeah. because those they happened friends, before. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Bert oh, and Ernie. People have wondered that for ever since 1946. Yeah. That's why I looked it up. I'm like, but... Evidently, it's just coincidence. I don't know how that's possible. I'm right. pretty sure somebody's not admitting something that's true, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. There yeah, you go. That, that, I, I like those little From things. From deep kinda, to stupid. Yeah, that's what I do. So yeah, uh, as we I mean, clearly, we're both you know big fans of this movie, and uh, I'm you know, trying to faith, not tear up as I'm talking. Faith-based about movie, just really great, great family-friendly Christmas Christmas movie. The message is timeless, and it it really hits you. So now we'd like to, after, you know, pretty much making this whole episode about uh, It's a Wonderful Life, uh, we'll talk about the the last two, uh, and we're going to start out with Miracle on 34th Street. Um, this movie actually came out the same year as It's a, well, a year later, it, 1947. So same same time period, um, you kind of, you, you, you get the same feeling as, as It's a Wonderful Life because it was, you know, made during the same that same time. Um Essentially, this man, to do a quick synopsis, man who claims that he's Santa, gets hired by a department store, ends up doing great for them um, because of his honesty and the way that he treats his customers, and uh, ends up uh, hitting a guy over the head 
and uh, be brought to court, and they eventually need to prove that there is a Santa, and this man is the is Santa. Uh, and at the end of it, they do decide that uh, through you know a couple different reasons, but uh, the main one is because he's getting a bunch of mail from you know a federal branch of the it was a federal branch of the government, right? I mean, the post yeah. office is a federal branch. Yeah, I think it's the government. Yeah, yeah um, and so they basically prove that he is Santa, and and again, this movie's a lot about well, what is what does it mean to have faith, and is it important to have? Is the idea of Santa so important that we need to believe in someone or something that we can't see or doesn't make sense? Or is it the idea? Like, what what do we, as a culture, what are we putting value on? Well, honestly, <laughs> you could say that about the, the the concept of God, even. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, is it is God a real thing, or is it something? Because I, I read a book um, by an ex-nun um, called The History of God, and basically she questions the whole premise of it, and basically... And she kind of even says God is a, a, a notion of our intellectual mind um, of something that, because we don't necessarily have faith in ourselves, is essentially what she's saying. And, that, and Santa's the same thing. The Easter Bunny's the same thing. Is it, It's just something we want to have faith in because we want to believe that there's something good out there, you know? And um, this is where, I guess, and the – like we haven't really been political or religious on this podcast. To, well, to we've, the, got, we've got some there. some some things, but we, we this is this is where I guess Mickey and I will have to disagree a little bit about this because for me, obviously, and anybody like I believe God is a real being, and I believe in Him because of my faith. So yes. it's 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 coming down the same path, and then it's kind of splitting at the end. Where and, I'm, where I'm, you're, and that's not to say that I don't. But I believe in everything, and and I don't believe in anything. I, I, I question everything to the point where I just don't know. I'm just trying to be the person I am, based on what I believe, and how, I mean how I feel, and hopefully, if there is something else, I go there. I mean that that you know, we're both decent people. We both get along really well. But as far as that kind of thing, we just don't necessarily. Um, look at it the same way, but that right. doesn't mean we don't agree. Obviously. But but what you're saying and what you're you know the 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 concept of faith and having faith in something is really what the the point you're trying to faith, make really yeah, is the, that the it's important it's important to have faith um, no matter what side of the spectrum you're on. And for people who believe in God, that faith manifests itself differently for somebody who doesn't. And that's that's just a way that human beings interpret their world and the way that they process things and because for, and it motivates us for for our um for the the main you know characters in this story you know was it important to to prove that santa claus was real or was it more important to prove that there's an idea of christmas and that is Im- more important than having to prove that this santa claus person is real and that really is the point you know? of it because uh the mom in this story is trying to raise her daughter to the brutal, honest point. Where, yeah. I mean, and like I said, I'm I'm kind of in between. Um, I don't tell my kids that that I that there's no Santa, but she basically said no, there is no Santa. Right. Right. That she's that honest with them. That I don't, she's she's trying to be no realistic. preconceived notions you or know. anything. I mean, just 
There, this is the truth. It's like, right. well, and I believe, you know, let a child be a child and let them have their beliefs and, you know, right. let them, you know. Yeah, and so it's it's kind of, you know, it, it, like I said, it grapples with things on the surface. It just kind of like, oh, it's a fun Christmas story about Santa. And it, it, but at the center These of it, there's are really – deeper than yeah, that. There, that's, yeah, there's more, there's more to that story. Um, so, yeah, I guess that – that's our that like kind of peek behind the curtain of some theological or religious differences that Mickey and I have. But at the end of the day, we can still have these discussions because we're still respectful of each other and able to, oh, yeah. you know, talk about these things in a way that makes sense. And for anybody, I mean, and that's like what I said, makes we're not going to get into the political climate of today. But that's what makes me want to talk to somebody who doesn't necessarily look at it the way I do. Because right. I, I want to understand it. I, I look at the way the things the way I do, but I know that everybody else doesn't. Yeah, there's a, there's a there's nobody a has aspect. the same brain. We all yeah, we all have different you, thoughts. Your experiences on, are, yeah. are different depending on what and, yeah and is going on. Decent human beings can figure out a way to to realize that that's why we're good because we yeah. all have different meanings and stuff. And and obviously this woman who's raising this child, she had a, a cynical uh, you know up. She she clearly they had a divorce or something happened. So that's impacting the way that she talks to her child about Santa. Um. I just want to say that I, I wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily say cynical, right? Well, yeah, more. She's trying to be a realist, just yeah, um, rigid, whatever. I just want to say I'd love to be invited to someone who has an apartment on Thanksgiving Day to the parade route that has like an overview of that. Like that'd be a pretty sweet apartment. Oh have. yeah. Uh, we have to stay at uh, I think it's a Pennsylvania, some Pennsylvania hotel in New York City, and part of that I think we didn't. Our room didn't face the parade route, but apparently. Huh. Uh, that that is part of the parade route. There was something that was close to the parade route of where our hotel, right across from Madison Square Garden. So, but anyways, that would be a really cool uh, oh, experience to be able to look down from somebody else's just apartment. Just to see you know? that, yeah, from a window, yeah. Um, it's just a different time. Um, yeah. I mean, a kid, and maybe this is just for the movie. But All the kid, three of these movies are from that time. But. She walks, she comes home, and she's like, "Oh, where's my kid? Oh, he's with the, she's with the neighbor." Oh really? I've never met this guy. You yeah. know, it's just like they just had trust in, in New York City. You yeah. know, um, in New York City, it didn't matter even. Yeah, and and like we said, we talked about the whole debate: the Santa tell to tell or to not tell your kids about the Santa uh, about Santa debate, um, which is you know it, it's obviously it was prevalent back then. But bringing to my next point is commercialism has been a problem for how long? <laughs> That were, they were talking about it back then. 1947, they were talking yeah. about how commercialism was taking over Christmas. So how much more has it taken over Christmas today? Oh, and yeah. and, and, and what are we focusing on, right? You know, obviously Christmas is about Jesus' birth. I mean, that's I mean anybody who it's celebrates Christmas, to be, yeah. that's what it's supposed to be about. That's the, the this is this is the cornerstone of where that holiday came from. So we get it twisted it's like jesus it's died to you know some degree, jesus yeah. gave his only son for us as a gift so clearly we're going to give you gifts to represent that great so we get a bunch of crap yeah. under the tree no 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 we get to hang stuff pull it back. Santa. we got pull, a tree pull we it got back. pull it back yeah. you know what why are we celebrating this and then clearly they're talking about this in the values of christmas and the reason why it's important and they're saying the commercialism's taking this over you know, because he died for our sins. I mean, yeah, the, that's what it's why, to come down to. Yeah. Why? Why are we celebrating this? And then and they even take it. You know, oh, you know, Santa and, and what he wants to be and what he wants to represent. Um, so I I know they they talk about um the look. I mean, they don't talk about it, but the look that Santa gives in the mall is just 
option or, uh, awesome you know the the look that he has and the way that he he's just he, he's got the whole package he's got the real beard he's got everything um for anybody who lives in the fox valley of wisconsin there's actually a santa that comes to the fox river mall every year i didn't realize this apparently like um like Berkstrom puts him up in a hotel while he's here yeah. and like he gets he gets Smiling a pretty John has a lot of money. He he but but this guy who plays Santa like this is who he reminds me of is like somebody who like is committed to like the white beard everything like there's kids who are bringing their kids to see him now and this I'm talking about this in real life right now that they as kids they have pictures of him them sitting in this guy's lap. So it's just cool to see that um and, and what um you know what it looked like in in Brooklyn in that time and, and just kind of seeing all of that or they, they're talking about old time Brooklyn and they're talking about all this different, you know, things that kind of relate to that. But it, it's cool to see him as, you know, really, you know, obviously in the debate, is this really Santa? Is this not really Santa? But but the, it's cool that there's people like exist like this. Um, also, just just want to point out, they reference the horrors of World War Two. Um, and, and this all is, these movies have a uh, there's a. Um, Definitely, the foundation of, of the war. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, World War Two is going on. All three of these movies, there's a feel of the war going on. And I'm gonna get back Especially into White Christmas. And, yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna get into it in White Christmas, but these people, this audience is really you can relate to it because these people who are listening or watching these movies in the 1940s, like these people were either one fought in this war. Or two had people Losing who they people lost, lives, or yeah. loved ones who fought in the war. So and scared to death what it's going to lead lead to for the rest of their lives. I mean, as far right. as what's going to happen to our country yeah. and, and their loved ones. Yeah. But clear, obviously, it was a big part of human history in These general. These movies but are a they, lot deeper. I right. mean, they're not just Christmas movies that oh, I feel great. Yeah. There's there's a deeper meaning going on down here if you break it down, like. Like we like to with our right. over analysis, and uh, to kind of break it down and do that deeper, darker meaning. Um, so, I don't know. D- depending on how closely you listen, uh, this so the the girl that comes up, she's got her her what you assume to be her daughter, who's actually a Duff, Dutch orphan. Okay, that's what I thought. She kind of acted like she wasn't her birth mom. So she was an orphan that they adopted. Okay, so. The mom throws out a – it's kind of a throwaway line if you don't really pay attention. The horrors of World War Two are prevalent because she talks about, yeah, and then she just had this really bad life. Uh, so she could have been a Jew. Like her family could have been – have died in the Holocaust. Yeah. Like that is how like th- how close to home and how like – relevant these themes are that they're talking she about 1947 you know she might have yeah exactly she she was orphaned at a young age due to world war ii what else was going on besides either That's one hidden besides the darkness of yeah. otherwise yeah. yeah that her parents died fighting or two she her family's jewish and they died in the concentration camps. I mean, that's how that's how harsh it is. But I I love that scene too, where he starts speaking in Dutch. Like this is yeah. like so. Like I said, with with this one of life evidence like, that he's Santa. Is oh my gosh! That's, like I mean, we're we're delving a little deep with this, but which is you know they're, they're all implied hidden meanings. But the fact that he can speak Dutch just means that he can speak all the languages because he's Santa. Yeah, exactly. But um, but it's it's cool that it's there. Yeah. If you want to see it. Yeah, it, it, you can you can see that, you know, they, they again, thought went into this movie. Yeah. Um <laughs> and like I said, I mean, the the way that he wins over, you know, Macy's and then Gimbel's copies it. Yeah. You know, Mickey, it's it's almost like 
it's almost like honesty is the best policy or something. Like kindness no. wins, no. caring about people, telling them where to find their gifts and other stores, even if it's not your store. It's almost like that makes you money and you can be profitable about doing the right thing. Yeah. It's a crazy concept. Oh, my I God. Know. Yeah. Oh, we actually want the well-being of the of the customer right, to right. be more important than, 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 than our bottom the line. almighty yeah. dollar. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I guess I've got some other things that I want to mention, just kind of funny things that, that I saw um, as far as uh, just things that, that kind of were interesting period pieces or things that, that about this movie. So, Mickey, I, I kind of been dominating this one, but did, did you – anything else you wanted to – Well, I know? mean, I, just to go along with what you've already said, the manners and the politeness of the movies back then – it was just more evident and prevalent back then. It's just very obvious. It's just they're more articulate. They're more prim and proper. Even the right. children, they're just there's more manners. And and the, I mean, everyone goes by Mister and Mrs. and all that right, stuff. Right, I mean, right. I yep. just noticed that. And um, just a mention of Gimbals in Milwaukee that stood out. Yeah, to me. yeah, yeah. I was, I, that was something that I was. That's one of the four towns about. in the throughout the country, not towns, but cities. They yeah. actually mentioned Milwaukee and. Um, do you even know what Gimbals is? That's what I wanted to ask you. So the only reason that I even know about it is because it was in Elf. They talk about Gimbals. Oh, it was a Gimbals downtown Appleton. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. I and didn't I, know that. I used to go there. Yeah. It's uh, it's right off of like Law Street, I believe. Okay. Yeah, right near you know downtown. Well, anyway, nobody cares. But <laughs> but I mean, you yeah. could have no, been there. I mean, yeah. like, you've been past that area where yeah, there was yeah. a Gimbals, and yeah. They, they used to do their big Christmas displays, like like you oh. saw in A Christmas Story. Okay. They, they, they were famous for that. Well, back then, there wasn't the internet, so the only way yeah, people well, were seeing that, their product was either a catalog or... Like in A Christmas or, Story, yeah. like like, no. like they talk about, like, oh, my, that big, huge display that they do, and everybody goes and see it. That Gimbals was famous for that, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, just uh, something else. I, I love that he, like, lights up a cigarette before bed. Well, first of all... The whole That's situation. what they did, did it a lot in these movies. <laughs> First of all, the situation where he goes, oh, yeah, I've got an extra twin bed. I, I was thinking to myself, oh, you've got an extra bedroom that this man – not an extra twin bed in your bedroom. Like, I just thought that was kind of weird. Like, yeah. was that a thing that people did? Like, I, don't, I yeah, mean, why, I guess it's – have another bed? What ma- are you planning ma- on doing? Manhattan in, you know, I guess didn't wasn't changed a whole lot since back then where – Rent was expensive, so that he probably only had a one or two bedroom apartment. Yeah, you know, so he well, was like, "Yeah, come on, York, yeah. yeah, yeah." Studio, studio um, apartments. And it's just amazing to me how cynical people can be. I mean, I don't want to end it. But obviously, even the, back then, you know, it was still obvious. It this, seems more obvious to me now. But. This guy that is supposed to be helping other people out and diagnosing, you know, he he's not even supposed to be diagnosing people, and he's like the psychiatrist or whatever. And it's just like, come on, dude. Like, what do you? What is your what is your end game here? Why what so what? The guy thinks he's Santa. Who cares? Who's to say that he isn't? Why do you care? What is what is so uh, just corrupt about somebody trying to spread Christmas cheer? Like what how is that in any way impacting your life negatively? Why why do we have to and that that's kind of the point. I was they put paint a kind of bad picture of psychiatry and psychology right. cuz like, oh, clearly have, this guy's abusing his power. Yeah, so that's not oh, a this good, guy, you know, this guy's He's trying to be, even if he is crazy, all he's doing is spreading cheer and goodwill and making, trying to make people happy. If he thinks he's Santa, so what? He's not hurt. He literally is doing the opposite of hurting people. Right, so. right. And um, I, as much as I like psychology, that kind of annoys me that they kind of paint that bad picture. But he never him. actually had, I think he was like, 
he he didn't have a degree in that. There was something weird where he was doing stuff. The off one the guy books. didn't, but then they yeah. actually go to an actual. Oh, and then yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the actual psychiatrist is like, "No, this guy's fine." Oh yeah yeah yeah. He's fine. Yeah yeah exactly. The one yeah. guy just didn't have the background or something. Yeah but, he didn't. Yeah. yeah he didn't have the education. He was basically doing. He was out outside of his field. Yeah. Um. So anything else? I guess that you wanted to add to this, Mickey, and then I got the the question of the movie. Um. <laughs> Other than it was weird seeing Santa actually slap somebody. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the physical abuse. I mean, back then you could get away with it more, but it was weird to see him actually slap a guy. I'm like, yeah. wow, Santa's hitting someone. That's just nowadays like, just he, like he'd go to jail for just that. Like Santa and Elf, he's packing heat when he yeah, comes exactly. to New York. <laughs> You know. Santa's, and then now he's not even a drunk Santa. He's yeah. actually Santa. And he's yeah, Santa Santa. Falling out and knocking somebody Drunk out. Santa. That might be a might be a Saturday Night Live skit, like Drunk Uncle. Well, like, <laughs> like the movie Bad Santa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, There's yeah. a whole movie created off it, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I guess anything else. I, I think I just, the nostalgia of the black and white movies is what yeah. stood out to me. Yeah. I, I like black and white pictures. I like just kind of going back to our roots and stuff and there's nostalgia there and it's just it's cool to see where we came from and how we are now and yeah, it's, how it's movies nice developed. to be reminded yeah, yeah where yeah. we've come to classic yeah. you know and like, like i said just the message is timeless that. but it's cool to see how how much further we've come right right yeah. i mean one of the things that i kind of noticed in all three of the movies is there's certain periods where it's like what it's something sounds funny why does it sound funny there's just no background music. No, they just didn't. That wasn't part of their production back then, or the budget. Yeah, you know, that just wasn't just, what yeah. they did. You know, now it's like every, you know, even if it's like leaves crinkling or background noises, or a guy going to the bathroom. Right. Yeah, you have something that's background. But yeah. so the big question of the whole movie is: Is Chris Kringle, Mister Mister Chris Kringle, in your opinion, is he Santa? And I'm putting you on the spot. I'm putting you on no, the spot. That's, I mean, is Santa Claus? Santa do, Claus? do do we want to do we want to leave it as Schrodinger's cat kind of uh, well, thing? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, is that is Santa Claus a stage name? Right. That's that's kind of the question you're asking. Right. Is Chris Kringle? This is I'm Chris Kringle at home. I gotta go wipe my butt and I gotta go take a nap and you know, yeah. the damn wife is nagging me again. But now I'm Santa Claus because I love everyone and yeah. I'm gonna spread good cheer. Maybe that's a stage name. Yeah, because I, I wondered the same thing. I'm like, how is Chris Kringle? How Saint Nick? Saint yeah. Nick is another name. You've heard a lot of names. Is he? Yeah. Is he? Is he actually? You know, because then it's like in the you know movie universe or whatever. So I like to think that he is. I mean, he's left the cane at the end. It's you know, Santa Claus is a stage name. Yeah. You know, yeah. he did leave the cane at the end, but yeah, he's a normal. We're all normal human beings, like yeah. actors, like everybody else. I mean, the greatest minds in history. Everybody takes themselves so seriously these days. I'm going to go off on a rant a little bit here. But, okay. And you've heard me say this before, but they're still people. Right. 90% of what they do is is eating, drinking, breathing, you know, making waste, going to the bath, you know, just, and living and die. I mean, that's what we are. We're just, we're still just animals. We don't want to recognize that. But the greatest minds in history, even though they've impacted our evolution, most of it was just us being us. Yeah. And that's why Santa Claus is this stage name. Chris Kringle was the guy who got to go and, you know, scratch his belly and scratch his backside and, you know, go sit on the couch and watch TV. That That's how I look at it. Okay. That's my weird-ass mind. That, that works? Yeah. Um, all right. So last movie to round out, and then you can 
stop listening to us ramble. Um, White Christmas, 1954, and just what I had been talking about before. This movie came out when people who were watching it would have just fought in World War II. So all three of these movies, really. But this movie, because of the way it is and because it's, you're following these group of people who fought in World War II and they're, you know, Bing Crosby, who's, you know, playing an actor who's somebody else. Um, you're following all of this. The, it it would have hit home, right? Um, I got this one was more war oriented. Yes, they, they talk about the general, and there's you know they 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 reference they pull that all together. This one brought end. me to tears for that reason. Yeah, they yeah. It makes you realize him. how much those people sacrifice themselves for oh, what we have. God, and uh, gotta be honest, Mickey. And thank you to all our military yes, friends. Yes, yes, thank you once again. Thank you. I thank you every time I see you. I hope I do that enough. Yeah, the, you know, obviously we're we're indebted to you, your service. Um, I gotta admit though, this out of the three, not my favorite. No, it's I, kind I, of a I musical. It. It's I, a mu- It's an old yeah, musical. It on just, top of the it. flow just felt weird. Don't get me wrong, the actor was a good actor. I mean, Bing Crosby, White Christmas, Danny song, Kaye. You know, there's so much that good talent that's in this movie. It just, it didn't. It felt like it, like exactly. It should have been a musical. Yeah. It really, it just didn't feel well, like it should Vera, have been, you know. Vera Ellen is the one that Danny Kaye's kind of ends up falling in love with, even yeah. though he's not in love with her, and then he is in love with her, and he's not. She, I mean, I just want to say, the tap dance, I mean, there was a part where I'm like, I'm hearing clicking. Her feet are literally moving that fast. Wow, yeah. And, and high heels. Right. Oh, my God, that's the most athletic person I've ever seen. So what Mickey's saying is these people are talented. It oh, my that, God. It's not that to take away amazing. from any of the abilities that they have. No, it's but more, it's a music, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just Technicolor kind of. It's it's like black and white made color and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. The entertainment style was dated. It was just a different type of thing. And don't get me wrong. You can watch the rock, Rockettes, you probably see something similar. Yeah, um, and they're beautiful women. So the song White Christmas was actually written in 1942, which was kind of surprising to me that this movie came out so much later after that. Um, I, I don't know if Bing Crosby sang it or if he wrote it, but just something interesting. Um, same thing, no background music on these older movies. Um, you know, they didn't they didn't have a sound at all. There's no ambient uh, mu- uh, sound that was playing. But yeah, I mean, I, like you said, I, I like this movie uh, for Bing certain Crosby's things. Bing Crosby's voice is amazing. Yeah, he's clearly like i said all these these people are terrific talented you know well-rounded people that that just and what i mean by well-rounded dancing and singing choreographic all the things that they were able to do but it just it just wasn't i don't know like i don't i don't think it'll be a part of my family More tradition cheesy, to yeah. like see, you know watch this movie again and well, again you don't hear again, about white you know? christmas as much as you hear about miracle right. and and they've redone miracle i don't think they've redone i don't they they've uh Enhanced. That was something I was going to mention more about. Uh, 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 it's a Wonderful Life. They've enhanced it. They've turned out a colored version, a Technicolor color. But version. people want to watch that version, right? They but they haven't redone it. Um, but and then even I guess now they they came out with a 4K version. So that's kind of crazy that they were able to. But other know, than other than that, White quality. Christmas, you hear Clark Griswold say, "This is going to be the best Christmas since." Bing Crosby and Danny F and K, yeah, dancing. You know that's the reference. And I went, oh my god, I know what he's talking about now. Right. I finally saw the movie. Right, right. And 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 like I said, something worth seeing. It's on those on the list of movies that like you need to see it eventually. Um, but uh, but yeah. So that's I guess anything else you wanted to say about White Christmas? Or I, things that you it was funny when when early in the movie he shakes hands with the with the captain or with yeah with the, the general captain. or the yeah. captain. No, yeah. with. With Wallace, oh, before they become a, a 
singing duel. He he takes his hand out of his sling. <laughs> he literally, and I think that was an intention. Yeah, I love that. that, he, that he little shook bit his hand with that same oh, arm. Geez, and then the know? rest <laughs> of the movie, he's like, oh, you know what I did for you? I, yeah, I risked my I life. I didn't want anything But for he it. literally took his arm out of the <laughs> sling to shake his hand when he agreed. To, okay, we'll do that later on. That's funny. Meaning yeah, I didn't he wasn't that. as hurt as he thought, he, as yeah. he was claiming to be. Oh, jeez, yeah. Yeah. yeah bum, That's the funniness. Yeah. Yeah. Fake arm or bum arm or something, but yeah, like I said, I mean, it, great. You know, there, there's parts of this movie that are fun and interesting, but it just, it to me, out of the three of them, you know, just wasn't something that I'm a huge fan of. Um, so that's, I guess, what I've got to say about these three movies. Uh, like, like I said, we talked mostly about It's a Wonderful Life, and you know, not as much about the other ones, but we wanted, the we had a lot to cover in that. But the yeah, message. a lot of the less similar themes, similar. You know, and I, I don't know as much in White Christmas, but there's, like, this faith and this, you know, like, religious aspect that kind of shows through um, that, you know, kind of, you know, I guess sometimes you have to go back to these older movies to see those themes. You know, I would say I would say It's a Wonderful Life, and, you know, this is – some people enjoy Hallmark movies, but what I'll say is It's a Wonderful Life is, like, the anti-Hallmark movie. Hallmark yeah. movies, it's like – Oh, this pretty picture and this one perfect. bad thing that happened. Yeah. And da, da, da. It's Wonderful Life's like, no, life sucks, and you but need to find the good in it because you're going to be depressed yeah. and not like yourself if you don't understand how important your life is to other people. And that's what I love about, like, It's Wonderful Life's is big. It's like, this is like the anti-Hallmark movie. Well, you know? and, and to that point, what I liked about White Christmas is you, you saw Danny Kaye and, and Bing Crosby. It's... I wrote this down. It's nice to see people have a disagreement. Oh, yeah. Where yeah, they're not yeah. so heated. Yeah. And like two minutes later, <laughs> it's like, okay, you know what? We're you know what? I did do something wrong. I think you're right about what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are more accountable and, you know, perspective. It's like, oh, oh, you know what? I think you're saying that because you care about me, not because you're trying to make me feel bad. Right, right. You're I want being you honest to, with me, and I like that. I want you to get a wife because I want you to be happy. And you he know? does say, well, because when you're happy, I'm less miserable. I mean, I mean, he does make it about himself. But the point is, is he's looking out for his friend. It's not, it's not. I'm judging you. You yeah. suck. I'm judging you. I don't do anything wrong. You no. do everything wrong. Yeah, and that, that's it's a healthy nice discussion. Hell, yeah, exactly. You yeah. can discuss something with somebody like we about religion and not want to go to fists afterwards. Right. You know, right. we cannot agree on everything because our brains are not all the same. No, I don't agree with everything that. I, I don't agree with myself you know, a lot of the time, to be honest with you. I, and, and, but I love the line that he says, you go off, have nine kids, spend five minutes with each one of them, and then that's 45 minutes that I get to myself <laughs> instead of working me to the that's bone. That's hilarious. I <laughs> love know? how he so, puts that. So that's yes. the, and, and then when he goes and meets the girls, he's like, what are you doing this for? Why are you doing this? He's like, for 45, 45 minutes, minutes to myself. It's like, what is that? What? So that, <laughs> like I said, great parts of this, but just overall, just, funny. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know any corrections that you listened to anything. No, we don't make Star mistakes. Wars? I thought we went over. That. I didn't hear anything. Um, or oh, we're so good at making mistakes, we fix them immediately. Yeah, we're like, that, I think that's what it is. That, that's wrong. Um, but yeah, I guess in, not that I'm aware of. We didn't get any fan mail this week, but uh, but yeah. So uh, our next episode is going to be on Star Wars Episode Nine. We're going to be watching that in the upcoming week. Actually, can't wait. Uh, so that's crazy. That's coming up, and then after that will be Christmas, and then we'll do one more episode to round out the year on a Christmas Carol. I believe is what we're planning on doing. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, if 
there's nothing really else. Uh, just, you know, as we always like to say. Getting old is mandatory. But growing up is optional. Thanks, guys. What's going on?